This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Umphreys McGee. Each week will feature a rotating schedule of insightful full show recaps, interviews with fellow Umphreaks, members of Team UM, as well as other musicians who have been inspired by and or played with the band. This is your place for all the latest news and happenings within the world of Umphreys, helping keep you informed on what's been recently released or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah Jahimiak. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the show. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode. We talked about the first two nights of the New Year's Eve run, December 27th and 28th. There is a link in the show notes where you can check that out if you haven't. This week we will be finishing up talking about this absolutely amazing run. We'll talk about the UMVIP set and night three on December 30th and all three sets on December 31st. Still a lot of music to get to. Are you trying to find a place to get the word out about your shirts, pins, jewelry, interesting trinkets, band that's going on tour, or small business that's looking to connect with some like-minded folks, Dropped Among This Crowd Pod would love to help, including ad time on the show, ticket giveaways, social media plugs, product reviews, and more. Dropped Among This Crowd can help you reach and be seen by tons of fellow umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow um family. Email droppedamongthiscrowdpod at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more. Quickly, before we get into it this week, another run announced recently by the band March 5th, 6th, and 7th at the Belly Up in Aspen, Colorado. I mean, we all know the legacy of shows at the Belly Up, this very intimate venue. Tickets were on sale February 17th, so there is a possibility that this is sold the fuck out and there's not any tickets left because that's usually what happens. Um, But I did still include um, a link for the Umphreys tour page and also a link for the UMVIP packages that are available just in case there's still some um, at the time of this episode's release. So all the information that you can find is in the show notes. And again, belly up March 5th, 6th, and 7th, 2020. I also wanted to mention, because I forgot in the last episode, December 27th and 28th, Marcus Rezac held the official after parties with Shred is Dead. The first night, December 27th, would feature Joel. Marcus and Doom Flamingo played on December 29th at Cervantes. There was no Umphrey show that day. I heard the Doom show was something else, which I'm not surprised at all to hear. There is actually a link to video of that entire show in the show notes that you can check out. You can also find a link to the Doom Room on Facebook where you'll find the set list for this recent show and most of the other Doom shows. You'll always be able to find out when they're going to be playing in there. Really great group if you're into Doom Flamingo. Just wanted to make sure I gave a little shout out to those shows and pass along any links that I may have. So let's get into it. 
December 30th, the UMVIP set played earlier in the day. This five-song set started with the red tape not voted for during the Choose Your Own Adventure set on the 28th. Actually, all but one song played during this VIP set was an option not voted for on the 28th. As I mentioned last week, this one I am very, very glad came out and was appropriate for a 200th show shout-out, which is pretty fucking cool. Chatted a little with the guy on Facebook, and I will shout you out here. Nice job on 200 shows, Brandon. Awesome choice for a song shout-out, and they absolutely killed it. Nice job with 200 shows. That's quite an accomplishment. Um, I would also include this red tape as a highlight from the run. I did also include it on my 2019 list. This song shows up two other times on my 2019 list. 329 from the Ryman and 829 from Hampton Beach. Especially enjoy when it begins to do this turn and begins that beautiful climb about eight and a half-ish. Really strapping in about a minute later. This one is just really a great jam to be right inside of, steering it very nicely back into red tape. That one for sure is worth your time. Breaker next. So, so, so glad that this one came back in 2019, and I hope we see more of it in this coming year. Also glad this one did not stay shelved for the run. A little rarity after that, Visions. Seen one other time in 2019, August 17th in St. Augustine, Florida. This song seeing less and less play as the years go on. So for sure, very nice to hear and no doubt very nice for those during the VIP set. Visions was the one song I referenced a little earlier that was not a part of the Choose Your Own Adventure set on the 28th. Cemetery Walk 1 and 2 would round out the UMVIP set. Cemetery Walk 2 would get some serious depth to it, trickling down about three and a half, not wasting any time bringing it all back together and continuing on full of determination. I enjoy, enjoy where they took this route with Cemetery Walk 2. Instead of staying deep inside the dance party pocket, I, I like it when they venture off in this other direction. Are you looking for the perfect gift for that rocker chick in your life? Perhaps you're looking for a killer new vintage rock kimono for yourself or a new sweet piece of canvas art for your apartment? Life Clothing Co. has you covered. Featuring the cutest vintage band t-shirts, sweaters with feel-good sayings, rompers, a fantastic selection of beautiful bell-bottoms, and some swoon-worthy home decor, you are sure to find something for that special lady in your life or that perfect outfit to wear to the next show. Check out the link in the show notes to take a peek at their amazing Grateful Dead and Led Zeppelin gear. Seriously, you or that lady in your life are going to love their stuff. Life Clothing Co. is your place for authentic boho vintage fashion. And exclusively for my listeners, if you use promo code Sarah Jahimiak, Rep 10 at checkout, you'll receive 10% off your total order. That's promo code Sarah Jahimiak, Rep 10, S-A-R-A-J-A-C-H-I-M-I-A-K-R-E-P, and the number 10 at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. 
So that brings us to night three, December 30th. And the first set from that evening would be the longest Ringo ever. And also, I'm pretty sure the longest Umphrey song ever as well. Yes, the entire set, one song. In case you missed this, clocking in at over 62 minutes. This is quite the journey when you strap in and press play. Umphrey's did release a pro video from this, I believe, taken from the Tour Gigs live stream video. I'll throw a link to that in the show notes so you can watch it if you haven't or watch it again because it's awesome. Whatever, you'll find a link for it in the show notes. This Ringo Odyssey would also include two sit-ins, one by Kyle Hollinsworth on keys and one by Jeff Coffin on saxophone. They did not come out at the same time, but each, you know, came out during this. And it would also contain two lyrical stews from Bayless. So there's a lot going on. Although some want to say that this was not the all improv set that we knew was coming during the run. But let's be real. This 100% was the all improv set. And, you know, I honestly prefer this over the all improv sets that we've seen in the past. I think doing it this way gives them more of a roadmap up front and that allows for more comfort for expansion in the moment. I think it kind of front loads them so they have sort of an idea of where they're going. But I mean, of course, obviously, definitely still improv. And I love how it really gives the treatments to a song that we already love. I certainly would not be mad to see something like this happen to another song in their repertoire. Every single section of this interesting and intricate emotional journey, it's just, it's something else. Seriously, there was one point I was tearing up a little and it was only like a few minutes into it. It just, it's so emotional at one point. And it sinks in pretty much right away out of Ringo getting right into a very comfortable, sensual vibe, not embracing it for long, before deciding it was already time to make a change. And honestly, I thought after this set happened, besides, oh my God, what in the fuck just happened? Like, that was the most amazing thing I've ever witnessed. But I was also like, how in the hell do I talk about what just happened on the podcast? Like, How do you even put that into words and describe it in the way that it deserves to be described adequately? It was certainly, you know, an undertaking to review this part of the show for you guys. I mean, five minutes, at least for me, I'm feeling we're about halfway through this Ringo chapter, expecting an opening Ringo to be about you know, 10 to 12 minutes long total. And 12 minutes is actually about where we tumble back into the lyrical part. But wandering back out, getting to it slightly after 14 minutes, this is specifically where I felt it started to get really emotional. I felt it was sort of had this almost delicate feeling to it at first. But it does remember its worth and build this seriously beautiful confidence Soaring right into the first lyrical stew from Bayless, showing up slightly before 18 and a half. This first lyrical stew is just dripping with all that Bayless meaningfulness. For sure looking forward to seeing 
where those lyrics go and how they grow. Shifting again a few minutes later, and honestly, I thought this was again where we would begin to transition into something else. Instead, continuing to dance along, I am all about when we round the corner, 26 minutes in, that jam right in there, that hopefulness and light coming out. I just love those two minutes right in there. Still keeping the train forward, moving forward, 29 minutes-ish, Kyle and Joel go into town. And I will admit I'm not the biggest Kyle Hollinsworth fan, but I really enjoy this section with him sitting in, and I think him and Joel play really well together and off each other. So he was definitely a good choice for a sit-in on this one. Dancing it back into Ringo about five minutes later, And now at the 35-minute mark, I'm at home watching on tour gigs like, yep, this is where we're for sure going to be steering this into something else. But no, we're going to keep going. 47 minutes at this point, yes, 47 minutes in, we get the second lyrical stew from Bayless inside this monster. This one saturated with more of a remorseful feeling to the lyrics, Again, interested to see what will become of those. About two minutes later, Jeff Coffin joins us for the remainder of our adventure with Ringo. I mean, really, come on. This just an incredibly amazing 62 minutes of music. If you've not listened to this at least once, you really, really, really need to. I will also link the paper set list from the evening for this. It was very interesting how this was written out on there. Certainly worth a look if you're a nerd about that kind of stuff like I am. And, you know, if you're interested in seeing how they broke up each section and how they referenced as jumping off points throughout this, really, really, really well done, guys. Honestly. Set two, because there was a second set, (laughs) opening with an unfinished 1348 Jake calling out Ben Factor and I'm such a nerd and this one just made me so so happy and hell yes let's shout out Ben for his amazing job over the run I was watching from home and was completely blown away I heard wonderful things from the folks that I know that were there and all the pictures that I saw There's actually a link to Tara Grazer stuff from her Facebook page in the show notes so you can see for yourself. I mean, just absolutely beautiful. I'm really excited to see Ben's work in person coming up soon in Northfield, Ohio at the end of January. Good job, man. So, so happy to have you part of the family. 1348, having a very metallic grittiness to its jam. I did enjoy the direction of this one, so I put it on my list to come back to because you never know on a second listen. Dissipating away and sweetly floating into Haji. Miami Virtue after that, one I for sure thought was a highlight from the run. Dancing off at about five minutes, but it's when it gets comfortable about a minute later is where we really see it shine. Fully opening seven minutes-ish. Scenes from an Italian restaurant by Billy Joel would come out next with Nick Gerlach on saxophone. Last played February 5th, 2010, 1,000 shows ago. I did get to see them play this one time during the New Year's Eve run 2008 on December 29th. This one 
for sure a rarity. Only played four times, including this one here. Three of those four times have been during New Year's Eve runs. Those other two were the 2008 show I mentioned and also 1231-2002. The lone non-New Year's Eve play was February 5th, 2010 in Nashville, Tennessee. Nice little tidbit there. Remind me next, tinkering around as it continues on its jam slugging full of determination into the sex metal part of the song. The Lanier next chugging into the jam about five minutes and beginning to loosen as it continues on, moving out and moving it along into a standalone bridgeless to close out the second set of the evening. And the encore, Nick Gerlach would come out again for a little booth love action, swirling and building together Nick helping push this train along right into the end of 1348, although he does duck out after, you know, moving it along into there. And then the end of this 1348 would bring night three officially to an end. That will bring us finally to night four of this run, New Year's Eve, December 31st. The party of set one would get started with the band walking out to the Macarena. Honestly, I would love to know more about how the choice for that one was made. I'm sure that there's a story somewhere about that one. Getting right to it with the floor to officially get the evening started. Seasons coming out next, followed by It Doesn't Matter, a solid jam nestled inside of that one. It is really amazing how far that song has come since its birth in January 2018 getting knee-deep into it about six minutes-ish, landing back in the core of the song about four minutes later. Silent Type dancing out next. You can always count on the Silent Type to be a good time. This one certainly keeps that true. Voyaging off about three minutes and enjoying a nice little stroll around the neighborhood with Joel leading the way. A little You Belong to the City by Glenn Fry tees in there before bringing it back home about six and a half. Two by two next, this one falling down the rabbit hole about seven and a half, aggressively climbing itself out a few minutes later, trudging and slinking along as it morphs and contorts, spinning itself back into two by two. And Miss Tinkles raging out in only the way that Tinkles can to close out the first set. A little technical issue at the venue as set two started. The venue lost power, and when it came back on, there was an issue with the internet connecting, apparently. So the tour gig stream was down for pretty much most of this set. We got uninterrupted stream fully back somewhere around the middle of headphones and snow cones late in the second set. I will admit I was definitely a little butthurt when I was watching the Twitter set list, you know, update and saw what was going down, especially when they opened with Smell the Mitten featuring Mad Dog and his filthy little secret. But, you know, thank God for technology. We were able to check it out later on. This one feels very ominous as it slinks into its journey about four minutes-ish, continuing on and marching confidently back into Mitten five minutes later. <clears throat> Love what having the horns on that one did. I am pretty sure that this is the first time horns has appeared on Mitten if I'm incorrect, 
please reach out to the show and let me know. I would love to hear it again with horns if this has happened before. A debut cover next, Modern Love by David Bowie, Jake on vocals, and the horns still joining us. I thought this was a lot of fun. I honestly, personally, really like it when Jake sings Bowie, and this was very, very well done, and a really great song for New Year's Eve, too. I really hope we see that one again, but of course, I only want to hear it again when horns are involved. 13 Days Next, again with the horns still joining us, and this was just wonderful. Again, the horns really add more body to that song. Giving the filthy little secret a break and moving along into fills, no surprise to say this fills shows up on my highlight list for the run, in addition to finding a place on my 2019 list, not wasting a single second, embracing its full potential the minute it heads off slightly after three minutes, embracing a dancier side as it rounds the corner about two minutes later, getting a very metallic, bouncy feeling to the jam for a little bit there, as it moves about the nine minute mark, calming itself down for a minute, but not allowing to get comfortable, instead building up and breaking through, dancing out again, and finally finding its way back home in fills slightly after 15 minutes. Like I said, I put that one on my 2019 list. I definitely wanna be sure I come back for another listen. Night Nurse next that would transition into Women Wine and Song upon completion of its adventure. Then Bad Friday. This one, while I know it may not be a favorite of some lyrically, I look forward to seeing this on a set list because I enjoy where they take it and how they let it to really just adventure. This version certainly rings true to that, bringing the filthy little secret back out for the final two songs of this set, Busting out an oldie with headphones and snow cones. Bayless mentions they recorded that one 19 years ago. That's that's pretty crazy. <laughs> Played only a total of eight times, including this time here. Not seen since 2016, August 12th in Boston, Massachusetts. 304 shows ago. And ending the second set with another debut cover. And again, keeping the horns out for this one and the horns also deciding that they needed to sport some sweatbands for this next one. And rightfully so, as they go into Physical by Olivia Newton-John. I mean, how can you not love Falsetto Bayless? Seriously. I mean, this was just a lot of fun. And if you haven't checked that out, you definitely should because it's a lot of fun. So that brings us to the final set of this spectacular weekend, set three of night four. Starts with All in Time, this unfinished version with the Underworld theme from Super Mario Brothers teased in it, dances off pretty early, building all sorts of energy, and this tune will carry us into 2020, which I thought was a wonderful choice. Personally, I find myself saying, quote, all in time when I'm worrying about reaching a personal goal in life. So I just think it was a great song to ride us into the new year and the new decade. Auld Lang Syne, of course, coming out next with the balloon drop. And I'll tell you, even watching from home and re-listening to this to recap for the show, I still 
feel all of the emotions during the ball drop and you know the happy new year and the whole thing it just I don't know what it is it's just something about that moment it doesn't matter it just always gives me all the feels Starting 2020 with a brand new song, Suxity. The horns still with us on this one. Some of you may be wondering why this sounds a little familiar. Check out the tune Fresh Start from the bottom half. I will link that in the show notes. I have listened to this from New Year's Eve a few times, and I'm going to be honest, I'm just really not the biggest fan of it. I feel like there's definitely parts of this that still need to be ironed out. The band recently released a studio version of this song. If you haven't listened, there is a link in the show notes where you can find it. I enjoyed the studio treatment of this, honestly, much more than the live version. Right now, I feel like this is one of those rare instances where the studio song is better than the live version. Um, Another song that's off the top of my head I feel that way about is Forks. Um, Educated Guess is another one I feel um, great studio song doesn't really translate that well on the stage Um, we'll see what happens with this song with them releasing the studio version of this I have a feeling that we're going to be seeing more of it as the year progresses Um, and it'll be very interesting to see what they do with it how it grows uh, where they're going to tuck it in in a set list um, you know, so I'm very interested to see how this progresses and what they do with it. There actually is a definition for the word succity, a location, place, or state of being where it's best to keep your wits about you. So it's a nice little tidbit there. And maybe that's a word that you could slip into your regular vocabulary. I'm very interested to hear what you guys uh, think of the new song. So please feel free to reach out and and let me know what you thought of that. The third debut cover of the evening coming out next. Also with horns. All right by Jamiroquai. Hell yeah, Chris on vocals. I've already expressed my feelings on that one a couple times during this run the past two episodes. But hell yeah, Chris on vocals. (laughs) Dump City next crossed off the list way back on night one, which... Felt at this point like an eternity ago. Pay the Snucka next. Getting really filthy when it sinks in. Slightly before two and a half. Not sticking around in that sexiness a very long time. About two minutes later, Jake just ripping this right open and aggressively moving it back into Snucka. A shout out to Robbie Williams' wife, Melissa, for her birthday next. This one is going to go out to her. Dick in a Box by the Lonely Island, aka Justin Timberlake and Andy Samberg from SNL. If you never saw the original skit from this, I will link that in the show notes because you need to if you haven't. They covered this one before, actually, two other times to be exact. Last time, January 6th, 2007 on Jam Cruise, 1,364 shows ago. And the debut of that one was also New Year's Eve, 2006, in Chicago at the Aragon. I will link whatever video of Umphrey's doing this that I can. You definitely have to watch the original. And 
when I listen back to this one at the very end when Andy's like naming the holidays and he's saying Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and Christmas like I was just dying laughing like just the way he's saying it so listen to this version of Dick in a Box and you're gonna totally know what I mean it's just and again falsetto bayless I mean you just gotta listen to that one for sure and the third set would come to a close with the triple wide Encore for the Evening would feature another debut cover by Fantastic Negrito with Mad Dog and His Filthy Little Secret once more. Bullshit Anthem, Take That Bullshit and Turn It Into Good Shit. Some really, really great advice to carry into 2020 for sure. I will admit I was not aware of this song until I looked into it further after Umphreys played it. It's such a funky, great tune. I will link the original in the show notes so you can give that a listen if you'd like. A little walk through by the horns as they make their way off the stage. And the conclusion of the All in Time that started the third set. Perfect to close out the evening and the four-night run in Denver. So that's it for this four-night run. Two episodes, and I think we pretty much covered it all. In case you missed it, as I mentioned, part one last week covered the first two nights of this run, and there's a link to that that can be found in the show notes. The set list for the shows talked about this week, as well as where you can listen to them, is also in the show notes. And anything else that I referenced throughout this episode can be found there as well. Lots of stuff for you guys to dig into for sure. Thank you. Thank you again so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.